Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Carl, CEO of JR Capital. Welcome to our weekly podcast, the official JR Capital podcast. Thanks so much for stopping by today and spending a little bit of your day with me. Uh, back stateside from Columbia last week, and uh, what a week it was. Definitely a nice week. Um, stock soared and everything, but uh, you know we're not going to get into uh, all that today. We're not going to do like we do every week where we just talk about the markets. Uh, this, was, this is something that's been a long time coming. This is probably the number one question I get on DM, email, on Instagram, Twitter, everything. Uh, the number one question is, what do I do in a recession? What, what do I do? Oh, my God. You know, the recession, yada, yada. Uh, what do I do when the recession hits? You know, everyone is obsessed with their own demise. And I know you guys have been asking some questions on Instagram. We're going to answer those questions as well. So let's go ahead and break it down exactly what to do during a recession. So... Um, I'm going to break it down step by step. So I recommend that, you know, if you are listening to have a paper and pen handy, you can always rewind this whenever you need to. But let's kind of break it down in a micro sense, because forget forget the market for a little bit. I'm going to talk about you as the individual. Uh, how is a regular person, you, me, my cousin, my brother, my sister, uh, whatever, uh, my neighbor, my friends, coworker, whoever, those guys, my employees, doesn't matter. What do I do? What do you do when a recession hits? So let's start by defining what a recession is. Just keep in mind, recession is two consecutive quarters of negative growth in GDP. Two consecutive quarters. Keep that in mind. Anything above that is a depression. But two in a row is considered a recession. Now, what was the last time we had a recession? Well, I'm going to go ahead and show you. So historical chart. I'm going to Google S&P 500 historical chart. I'm going to go base it on the S&P 500. Again, this is market, not GDP. So again, I'm going to go back all the way back to 1930. And I'm going to go to U.S. GDP growth historically. Oh, let me see if I can get this going. Uh, oh, let me exit this out. I'm in front of my computer here. U.S. GDP, GDP numbers historical historical chart while I'm typing. Okay, so I went to the website. Uh, let me see if I can get this going. You can I'm in a glass. This is bea.gov. Okay, real GDP growth Y charts. So I'm gonna see if I can get this going. Ah, they want a credit card to actually use it. So huge breadth by quarter, by year since 1900. There we go. Uh, getting it going now here. Okay, so we are seeing, this is real GDP growth from 1990 to 2018. This is the most I can get as of right now. So I don't think I can make this wider. So there's really three years since 1990 where GDP growth fell. That is in 91, that fell about 1%. I mean, half a percent, or quarter percent, excuse me. 2008 and 2009. Since then, we've always had a positive GDP growth. Remember, I told you it's two quarters. So again, 2009, 10 years ago, we had an economic recession. Again, it was ugly. It was ugly. Not gonna hear say it was nice. Everyone was happy. No, it was it was very bad. It was very bad. People were losing their jobs. People were losing their homes due to the subprime crisis. Uh, before that, we had a dot com bubble, but it didn't add a recession. It was just a, a, an economic fall. So again. We're looking at that. This is GDP. So again, 2009, 2008, 91 were the last years of GDP decline 
on a year-over-year basis. S&P 500. Now we're going to go over recession levels. Uh, let's go ahead. Since 1960, May 1960 to February 1961 was a recession. January 70 to 1971 of January was a recession. So recessions tend to last about a year, a full-on year, 12 months. So again, in between those levels, in between those dates, it's a, that's about 10 years. And then in 74, January 74 to February 75, another recession. Keep that in mind. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a, an idea, during that level in February 1975, the S&P 500 was at 399 points. The S&P 500 today is at 3,022. Keep that in mind. Another minor recession in 1980, from February 1980 to August 1980, lasted about a summer. And then again, 1981 of April to about August of 82. So again, another year. After that, we didn't have a recession until July 1990, August 1990. And then it lasted until February 91. So about a year. Again, you're starting to see about every 10 years since 1960 and about a five year in between and 80s were a little different. About every 10 years, we're getting a recession and that lasts about a year. After 91 until 2001, these are economic downtrends. Forget the recession word, economic downtrends. 2001 until February 2002 was an economic downtrend in the S&P. February 2002, we hit 1498 in the S&P. Remember, we are at 3022. And then all the way down to Mar April, March 2008 until April 2009, about another year, we hit the lows of 1,050 points in the S&P, and now we are at 2,000, oh, excuse me, 3,022. So literally, if you bought the S&P 500, the market, at the lows, March 2009, which was right about 1,050, about 900 on the S&P, you tripled your money. That's 300% growth in about 10 years. That's pretty great. Pretty great. Again, obviously, it's not Bitcoin withholding. I'm just saying. But again, let's keep in perspective of where we were. So we have one, that's in 2008, 2009, two in 2000, 2001, three in 1991, four in 8081, five in 7980, six in 74, seven in 1970, eight in 1960. So you're talking about eight years of economic downtrend in the S&P downtrend. Again, we're talking about recession economic downtrend since 1960. We're in 2019 now. That's 59 years. 59 years. That was about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Eight out of 59. So if you want to do the percentage on that, percentage calculator. So we're almost at, let's do 60 years. We'll do eight out of 60 years downtrend. That's 13% of the time we have of the, of the, of the stock market. 13% of the time we hit either recession or downtrend. And every time it has bounced. Every time. It, without fail. It, with a, every 10-year period has made money in the stock market. Every 10-year period. Again, you just have to have that long-term perspective. Again, I know everyone says, oh, it, it, the stock market is risky. Not really, if you think about it. If you're a long-term investor, it's not really risky. Yes, you're risking to lose money. But again, if you are holding long-term, you're going to be fine. There was a survey done by Fidelia. I think I've said this already. The two best performing portfolios from Fidelity, they did a survey on people who are investors. Number one, best performing, the person died. No trading, no nothing, the person died. They just helped because they were dead. 
Number two, the person forgot their login information, their password. They forgot they had a portfolio. That thing soared. Didn't even check it. Didn't even check it. That, that should tell you something. Buy and hold. If you're just buy good companies and hold them, that's it. So that's where we are in a recession talk or economic downtrend. Keep in mind, 13% of the time, the last 60 years has been an economic downtrend, S&P downtrend, or a recession. Every 10 years, just about, has happened. The last one is 2009. Are we due for one? I guess you could say we're due for one. Sure. Doesn't mean it has to happen. It doesn't have to do anything. Nothing. Every 10 years, we have a recession in a sense. Just about. Every 10 or so. Does not mean that you have to. It just means that we could be in our last legs. Again, doesn't mean it has to. But again, right in the wave, again, we're new all-time highs. Doesn't mean you want to sell here. So now let's talk about how do we break this down? What do we do? Now I'm talking to you as an individual. You and I are having a cup of coffee. We're discussing your money. Forget the noise, CNBC, Fox Business, Bloomberg. Forget it. I'm talking about your portfolio. I'm talking about your personal finance. What do I do in a recession? Number one, you should absolutely have as a savings account. You should have emergency savings. Three to six months of expenses without fail. If you make, let's say you spend every month $3,000 on expenses that includes rent, lights, cell phone, whatever. Again, I'm talking about the real stuff, the stuff that you know you need to live on. Say $3,000. $3,000. Again, you could say that's a lot. I mean, obviously do it by, you know, if you're in California, $3,000 is not a lot. It's not, too, it's not enough. If you live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, $3,000 is plenty. So $3,000 in expenses. If you do for three months, $9,000 is three months of expenses. Again, this is working for you if you get any kind of, uh, uh, if you get fired at work, you get laid off at work, you get hurt. Emergencies, these are emergencies. Emergency is not Black Friday shopping. Emergency is not, I want to buy the stock. I want to buy Bitcoin. Emergencies is true emergencies. Your tire blows out. Um, you know, you get sick. Your family, something happens to your family. Uh, you lose your job. Something that's considered emergency. The water heater goes out. The washer and dryer go out. Something like that. That's what an emergency is. I personally say six months. So that's about, if you do $3,000 a month times six months, that's about 18 grand. 18 grand. Personally, you're asking me, I have one year of expenses saved in cash. In cash, saved. If I don't make another dollar for the next year to pay my bills, my savings account can pay for it. I saved that money personally. So I have 12 months. 12 months saved in cash, ready to go to pay my rent, to pay whatever I have to pay. Rent, food, lights, cell phone bill, cable, which I really don't have because cable is included here at my place, um, all that stuff. Medical, you know, the, the, the essentials. I mean, I'm not talking Netflix, guys. I'm not talking, you know, going out. I'm, forget that. Or eating out. Again, PB&J is fine. You can live on that for a little bit if things happen. So, again, I recommend six months but I personally do 12. So you need to have that cash ready for you just in case you lose your job. Again, I'm assuming that your day job or your day, whatever, if you have a regular job, again, you want to have 12 months, three, six, or 12 months of expenses. If you do three, that's fine. Again, I would just throw a little more on it, you know, whatever. Number two, pay off your debt. Pay off your debt. Now, there's a guy I listened to on the radio named Dave Ramsey. I've heard me talk about him. And he talks about, oh, you know, pay off your debt, pay your debt first. I say pay yourself first. Now, this is just me. Personally, I don't care about Capital One, Citibank, Chase, Ban Chase Bank. I don't care about them. If I don't have the money to pay them for their stupid credit card, whatever reason, I'm not paying them. 
forget this moral moral compass. Oh, I owe them. If I don't have it, I don't have it. Period. I'm not gonna starve because they I owe them a minimum payment. Nuke my credit. That's fine. Because in seven years it gets discharged. In seven years it's gone, and then I could just get back into the credit wagon if I need it. First of all, if you can't even pay your credit cards, forget your credit. Your credit should be the last thing on your mind. Number one should be saving money. You should be paying yourself. You work hard, pay yourself. That's number one. Forget Chase, forget City, forget Wells, forget all of them. I don't care. They call me, call me collections. I'll put on ignore. What are you going to do, scare me? You're going to take out my knees? You're not the mafia. I don't care. If I can't pay you, I can't pay you. If you can, absolutely, you know, keep your, your credit score up, of course. But if there's something happens, you get laid off or something like that, or you lose your job and you can't pay them, no, don't need your, that's not an emergency. Your credit card is not an emergency. Your student loans are not an emergency. Sorry, it's not. You know, you do need your car payment. If you have a car payment, I would sell it. Worst case, if you, if you lost your job. But again, your car payment, you got to get to work. Your lights, you got to have, you got to see. Your food, you got to eat. Your shelter, you know, you got to put this in perspective. But again, a credit card to me is not a big deal. I don't care. I've nuked my credit. I mean, I remember when I was 19 years old, I had a 720 credit score. I got married really young and I got divorced and my credit score went to 520. 520. I'm now at seven, 750 and I'm 33 years old. You can come back from a bad credit score, guys. You can. It just takes time. Okay? Forget buying stuff on credit anyways that you don't need. Only leverage debt to buy assets, homes, stuff like that. Forget to buy stupidity, sneakers, watches. Stop. Again, if you're going to buy, use credit to buy assets, that's it. Real estate, stuff like that. I mean, I won't even buy stocks on, on margin or, or borrow. No, it's too volatile, but real estate, absolutely. Or, you know, if you want to leverage to start a business, that's completely different. It's an asset. You know, if you're trying to expand your business, whatever you're doing, I can live with that because you're gonna make money off that. But if you're just to buy, to buy sneakers or you're gonna put, you know, a dinner on credit, no, no, absolutely not. So again, back on that again, three to six months or a year of expenses saved. Pay off your debt. Paying off your debt is probably the fastest return on investment you can get. Even Mark Cuban said, if you have a 10% credit card or 20% credit card and you paid off, you just did a ROI of 20%. You just paid yourself back. You don't have to pay them stupid monthly payments. If you have the money, knock it out. Salvage your credit, save it because when a recession does hit, again, every 10 years, 13% of the time since the last 60 years, there's going to be some great deals. If you bought a home in 2009 or you bought stocks in 2009, you did great. Absolutely, you did great. You want to start looking at those deals if you have the money. Of course, again, time horizon, time is on your side. Time is the ultimate currency. You want to make sure that you have time. The older you are, the less risk you want to take. The younger you are, the more risk you want to take because you have all that time to make it back. So if we do have a recession coming or whatever economic downturn, all the companies that you've always wanted to get into, but they were just too out of your price range, an example, an Amazon or Google, or Facebook or an Apple, Tesla is an example, you know, expensive names due to price tag, not market cap or PE ratio. I'm talking about the price. It's just, you know, Chipotle, you know, again, that's $800 stock. Uh, Google is like 1200. You're talking about Amazon, which is trading at right now at 1761. I mean, these are good companies. They're just a little pricey, but again, you can buy them on the cheap. You know, let's give you a perspective. I'll give you a perspective here. Uh, Amazon, our last recession was in 2009. So let's do 2009 price on Amazon. This is Amazon historical price. Uh, let's see. 2009. Okay. I do got it. 
So in 2009, right around the time we talked about 2009, I did have the index here. The low was around April 2009. Well, actually, March 2009, $963 on the S&P, right? So March 2009 for Amazon, just to give you a perspective, was at $130.35. Right now, it's at $1761. So $130.35. Let's see the difference. $130.35 to $17.61. Obviously, we had a fall. We had a fall due to earnings, but again, it's only down 1% today. It was down 7% pre-market. 1,250% gain. 1,250% gain. If you invested at that point $10,000 during the recession into Amazon stock, you made $125,000 in profit in Amazon stock. And that's not even the all-time highs, guys. Again, I know everyone knows the quote, be fearful when others are greedy, be greedy when others are fearful. It's true. Again, but if you don't have money, you can't do anything. So again, during this time, right now we're all-time highs, you need to be stacking cash. You need to find ways to stack money. I wouldn't invest in anything right now. I wouldn't put fresh money to work. I would actually save some money. So if you have any extra cash coming in, you got a bonus at work, save it. Save it for your, again, you want to have three accounts. You want to have, number one, your emergency savings. That's your, you'll touch that. Number two is your investment money. And then of course you have to have some fun money. Again, fun money. You know, you gotta live too, right? You gotta have some fun. I don't want you to live on, under a rock and not go anywhere and not have fun. Of course, money's meant to be used too to have fun. But the investment money, that's your second tier. You wanna put some cash in there. So let's say, you know, let's say you I would say kind of match your car payment. If your car payment is $300 a month, put $300 to save to pay yourself. Always pay yourself first and then whatever's left to spend. So maybe put $300 a month, $400 a month in a savings account. They don't pay a lot of interest. But what you're doing is you're setting yourself up. I kind of think of it as getting ammo together, kind of like the Matrix. Remember they were talking about, I need guns, Neo and Trinity. I need guns and ready for the shootout. Money is your guns. That's your weapons. You're ready to go. So when things hit, hit the fan, you're ready. That cash is ready for you. Cash is king in that regard. You can get property cheap. You can get stocks super cheap. Again, right when we hit the bottom, when, again, how do you call a bottom? You don't know how to call a bottom. That's, that's hard. So what you want to do is have a number in your head. If Amazon hits $1,000, I'm buying it. If Amazon hits $1,200, i am buying it. There's people today that bought Amazon at $1,660. They made a quick $100 a share. Easy. There's people who bought Tesla. Tesla sword, again. I'm not a shareholder of Tesla. That bought it at the lows of $176. The thing is at $328. Almost doubled. That quickly. I mean, at the lows, and this was in, in June, this thing soared, man. So again, there's opportunities. Invest in yourself, invest, invest in the weapon of money because money gives you access, especially when things go really bad because everyone's going to be in a cash crunch because they're fully leveraged. They have too much debt. They have to sell their, they have to sell their stocks just to get money because they didn't have an emergency fund. They're, they need to pay their stupid credit cards or stupid stuff. And while they're all being flashy, you're the one being smart and looking for the deals. That's what you do in a recession. So best thing I can tell you right now, guys, is find five names that you like. Five names, five companies that if they fall 20%, you're going to buy some because you always want it, regardless of the stock market where it is today. You believe in that company. The cash flow is great. Their PE is great. They have great products. You believe in the company to the upside. Remember Amazon where it was in 2009, just 10 years ago. Remember that. 2009, March, that thing was at... $100 $100 a share, I believe. Was that, did I get that right? Yeah, $100 a share. What was it? I think I had it at, 
No, wait. $130.35 a year. And it went up to $17.61 in 10 years. It's a return of 1,250% in 10 years. Come on, guys. It's not, it's not that simple. It's not that hard. You got to save your save, save for emergencies, live on less than you make. Find five names that you really, really like as an opportunity to buy some. Have that level in your head. Hey, 20% drop, a correction or a bear market. Correction is 10%. 20% is a bear market in the stock, in one stock. If you hit a bear market in any name, you buy them. But again, stick with the names that you like. Amazon, for example, uh, United Health, for example, Apple, for example, maybe the S&P, if you like, the S&P Spider, uh, AT&T, Verizon, you know, the consumer staples. I've been saying that forever. Staples, utilities, real estate, those kind of names. The guys that pay you the dividends, those are the ones you want. Again, that's what works. It, it works long term. If you go look at the S&P 500 chart since 1930, okay, keep in mind, the S&P at 1930 was $83.78. It's at 3,022 today. And yes, you do have downtrends, but again, it still goes up with time. It still goes up. It still averages the stock market right around 10 or 12% a year long-term stretch. All right, so again, keep that in mind. Uh, if you wanna do, for example, investing calculator, I'll, I'll show you this. Investing calculator, smartasset.com, pretty easy. So let's start with $10,000 in the S&P, very simple. And we're going to contribute $100 a month. Let's say your car payment is $200 a month. And you say, I want to save that now. The rate of return, 12%. I'm going to do 10% a year just because. All right. You started with $10,000, right? And our timeline is 10 years to grow. I had $200 a month for 10 years at a 10% clip. Your investment balance in 2028 is $68,039. That's it. $10,000 in the S&P. Your annual contribution is $2,400, $200 a month. Interest earned on return is $1,160 in 2019. Ending balance of the first year is $13,560. So if you look it up here, this is the website, smartasset.com slash investing calculator. Google that. Your starting amount was $10,000. Your contributions alone were $24,000. Your total interest earned was $34,039. This is how you build wealth, guys, in 10 years. Let's bring it to 20 years. Investment, again, you're going to probably hit some downturns, but if you stick with it and you start with 10 grand today, $200 a month, 10% rate of return on the S&P, 20 years to grow, your balance will be $225,000. Yeah. If you're 18 years old and you're just starting out and you plan to retire at 65, okay, that's pretty much everything. It's 55 years of that. So let's say you contribute $100 a month from your 401k and your rate of return is, let's say, 30 years, Okay. $100 a month, starting $10,000, rate of return is 10%, usually 12%. I'm doing 10%. 30 years to grow, $424,000. Just put $100 a month in the S&P. Even, don't even look at it. Just do it. And you're seeing that, that growth. Again, 10 years. $100 a month. $100 a month, 10% return, usually 12%. $10,000 to start. 10 years, $47,555. It's that simple, guys. It really is. And that's, that's just investing, dollar cost averaging. So if the stock market goes down, it doesn't matter. You're buying some for $100 anyways. And you just keep doing it automatically. Just add 100 bucks every single month, 50 bucks every single month, $500 every single month, and just let it go. The question is you don't need the money because you already have your emergency money. That's your cash account. You already have some other investment money. That's your other money account. You already have your fund money. And then every time you get paid, you throw in 100 bucks that you probably would have blown anywhere else any, anyways. Just pick one night not to go out and just put that on the S&P fund, guys. SPYG, 
S&P 500 uh, growth fund, commission-free, or SPY, S&P 500, SPY. Okay, it's, pay, it's at $301 a share. Yes, you can buy fractional shares. And you just do that. Simple as that. Just dollar cost average, you guys. The idea is to stack up the assets, stack up money. That's how you prepare for recession. When people tell me recession, I don't worry about it because I have money saved. I have money saved. I know how to trade it. Obviously, we make more money in a downturn in options. I have a portfolio, which is I don't care. I want to own it forever. I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell my portfolio, which I own Apple, Microsoft, Roku, McDonald's, United Health, AT&T, Home Depot. I own, I own Pepsi. I own Disney. I own Uber. I own Lyft. You know, these names are not going to go anywhere. You know, these guys give me dividends. I love my dividend. I also own Verizon. So, again, I, I'm going to keep them forever. I don't care. That's just the way I think. Okay, so that's basically the breakdown of what to do in regards to a, a recession. Again, the basic part is, guys, just don't, don't sweat it. Don't worry about the world ending when everything is fine. And even if we did a downturn, the world doesn't end. We've, 2009 was basically as bad as it got, and we still bounce back. So don't, don't really sweat it, guys. Really don't. Stop, stop focusing on your demise. Focus on prosperity, and you'll see the difference. All right, let's go ahead and answer some questions here. I had tons, tons of questions. Uh, let's see. All right, podcast questions. Let's see. When, <laughs> all right, this is CSABI. When is the next recession coming? What will cause it? Okay, again, <laughs> so funny. Talk about recession, not to worry about it. People are worried about it. Okay, when is the next recession coming? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't have that crystal ball. But I can tell you what will cause it. It's interest, interest rates. It's too much cheap money. So again, it's a debt bubble. Asset bubble, debt bubble. Just who's going to pay back this debt? That's number one. Number two, uh, the second person, Elena, asks, best buy the F and dip stocks. Oh, man. I would say number one is Amazon. Amazon, is, it was too cheap at this level. De definitely buy the dip on this one. Uh, McDonald's is another one. McDonald's fell as well. I love that stock. That's a great stock to buy on the dip. Uh, another one, I I'm going to get some crap with this one, but Boeing. Boeing long-term. I want to own it. Um, that's the one that's a dip. Uh, other than that, I, I think Boeing long-term, tons of cash. I would like to buy that dip, to be honest with you. Uh, Felipe, the, the Felipe Amadras, what are your thoughts on HELOCs? Would you start one, let one sit in just in case? No, I wouldn't just get one just to get one. Um, if you're going to do some home repairs with a home equity line of credit, that's a HELOC. That's fine. Again, I'm okay with borrowing money if you're going to go ahead and do something with it, like an asset you're going to repair or buy another home or uh, you know, a rental property. I'm okay with that. But just to have one, just to have one, no, because they could take away whenever they want. Uh, King Columbia asks, three, three or 4,000 profit a month doable with 50K options cash account. Uh, it, it's possible because we had a really great day today. We did have a great day today. So let's see. Uh, 3,000 a month out of 50,000 and a cash account. You're talking about 6% a month. Is that doable? Yeah, it's doable, but you know, don't expect it. I would say keep it at a thousand, 2,000 a month, but it's, it's doable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Devo Breet asked, what was the smartest financial decision you ever made? The smartest financial decision I ever made. Hmm. That's a good one. I started reading about finances. That's number one. And number two, I started my own business. That was the top two. But reading financial books, I had no idea how finances worked when I was 18, 19. They didn't teach you this in school. I started getting reading everything I get my hands on. And number two, starting my own business. That was the best. I mean, that freedom to do whatever you want and follow your passion. 
That's the best. Uh, Baby Manek asks, should I wait until the recession to buy all-time high stocks like Apple? No, no, absolutely. Uh, an investment, if you're planning to invest Apple, get into it now. It's a great stock. I mean, this, you're talking about the, the PE ratio alone. It's still, it's still very cheap in compared to the S&P. Keep that in mind. So, I mean, no, I wouldn't wait. The best time to start investing was 20 years ago. The second time best start investing is today. Um, how do we access to the podcast? Well, if you're listening, it's Shopify, it's uh, Shopify, excuse me, Spotify and Anchor app and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Black Lobo asks, thoughts on having TQQQ leverage in a long-term IRA versus the normal QQQ? No, because leverage hurts both ways. If you are short or long, you're going to hit three times X. I don't want you to get in anything levered in your, in your 401k. Just stick with QQQ long-term. Uh, how, how are you looking how are you looking for knock? Knock Nokia? I don't trade it and I don't want to trade it. I don't know why I wouldn't want to get into that. It's $3.78 a stock. I'm pretty sure it's worth every penny. Uh, skip that crap. What is your view on the markets in 2020? Uh, my view, and this is uh, Mitch Potts. I think with the market, you have a president who's actually behind the stock market. I haven't seen a president like this since Ronald Reagan. That's been all about Wall Street and the stock market. Uh, as long as the president is, is, is doing in the polls and wants to get reelected, he's going to push the stock market up, whatever it takes. So I do think we're going to keep going up. Where do you see the S&P at in third, uh, 2019? Oh, man, uh, maybe 3040. If that, 3100, I think is a bit much. I think 3040, 3050 should be okay. I think we'll, we'll hold 33,000 pretty solidly. Uh, what's your risk strategy? Risk strategy is 1% or 2% on any trade. As always, 1% or 2%. Uh, never above four. Uh, that was Yazim. Alfredo, your path in finance and consulting. I'm a finance student. Um, my path in finance, I talked about it in a podcast before. Again, it's the same thing. I just got whatever my hands on. I dropped out of school and just started studying about markets. I loved it. but And I got into a, a bank job at Citibank as customer service at 2006. I worked my way up and I just kept reading, kept learning. And I loved it ever since. And college did not do it for me. So I'm not here to recommend college to anybody. I can't recommend something I didn't do personally. Uh, Alfredo asks, how to build credit? Very simple. Uh, you have two options. You can either be a co-signer or an authorized user on someone's credit card. I don't recommend that because that's your problem. Don't let it be someone else's. And number two, you can get a secured card with a CD at any bank. Just tell them, hey, I want to open a CD and use a credit card to secure it. That'll be your line, uh, the CD that you have saved. Or you can just go to a gas station and they have those gas cards. And that was my first credit card. A Chevron gas card with a $300 limit. That's how broke I was. Jabushi says gold. We always talk about gold. Yes, I own gold in my safe. Gold is a good hedge against craziness of the Federal Reserve and central banks. Don't expect to make a ton of money on it. Best trade you ever made, long term or short term? Oh, Lord. Uh, I can't say one in particular. I mean, Tesla today, I would have made 2,700%. My best trade ever was Netflix, 1,000%, and I closed. If I would have held Tesla today, I posted it today. If I would have had Tesla, I believe it was, which is the one I had. I, I even posted it on Twitter. Uh, Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. I had Tesla 310 calls today and I got out way too early. I got in at 63 cents. I got out at 93 cents. They ended up at $19.10. I would have made 2,931%. Out of $630, I would have made $18,465. That would have been my best trade ever, but not really worried. Noah asks, is the recent decline in stocks due to the October effect or overall weakness? Um, we're at new all-time high, so there is no decline. Uh, 
Recent decline is due to the China trade war for the most part. Personal expectations on Apple earnings, they're going to knock it out of the park. App, iPhone 11 is going to be a killer. They're not going to report the, the phone sales, but they're going to report great revenues, in my opinion. When do you think the recession will occur, if any? Likely. Again, I don't know the date. Uh, no one knows. They're just going to keep printing money forever, I guess. Um, uh, let's see. Fren Panaccio says, what stocks are you poised for the most growth this holiday season? Uh, it has to be Costco, Target, Walmart, Amazon. Those are your four. And there's one more um, one more uh, retail stock. I like Burlington, personally. Um, but I know Kramer has Home Depot in there, and I love Home Depot, too. So Home Depot, Costco, uh, Burlington, um, Target, and Amazon, Walmart. Those are the names that are going to be poised for knockout knockout holidays earnings. I think we're going to get a woodman. Amazon slowing revenue for winter season. Should we watch for that? No, I think Amazon is doing great. They're just spending more money, and they always sandbag their earnings. Apple used to do that constantly. Um, they're spending more money, obviously, for what's coming. So, again, you have to understand where things are moving. I want a company to spend on infrastructure. I don't want them to be a Boeing, Boeing who just does buybacks forever. I know you say that about Apple, but Apple has a ton of cash. I mean, what more could they? What more could Apple do? Amazon can do a lot more. Freight, they're building AWS. You know, they're taking over. They're trying to really squeeze out Walmart and all these guys. They're fighting against the big boys. Apple has tons of cash, but what more could they do? What are they going to buy, Tesla? I don't know. Uh, let's see here. What sort of technical analysis do you use to identify entry and exit points? There's tons. There's tons. Again, moving averages, there's support and resistance, Fibonacci's. That's the way to do it. Stock market hits high right for the 2020 election. If President Trump wants to be elected, reelected, stocks will hit an all-time high and stick with it. Uh, option on Tilray with each injunction, I'm staying away from it. The spreads are really, really crazy, which is the bid and ask. Uh, the difference between bid and ask, the spreads are too wide, for my opinion. And that's it. Great questions today. So that's where we are. Um, yeah, great questions, guys. I appreciate all of them. Of course, without you guys, we don't have a podcast and no one gives a crap. So here we are. So uh, good stuff. I hope this really helped you. Kevin gave a perspective on a recession and what to do for. Forget macro, micro. You got to worry about your economy before the rest of the economy. Don't worry about the Fed when you're making minimum payments on credit cards. Don't worry about Trump's tweets when you don't have an emergency fund. Don't worry about uh, Amazon's earnings when you can't balance your own checkbook and you don't have money in, your ba- in the bank account. Come on, guys. Think micro first, and then think macro. Always micro, then macro. Thank you so much for listening again. This is Carl, CEO of GIR Capital. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll catch you guys next week for, for the uh, podcast. I will be in New York City supporting my uh, uncle's wife. She'll be running the New York City Marathon. Go Delane. Love you. I'll see you in a, in a week. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week for that. Talk to you guys later.